Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. What's going on? I don't even know the words, but I know the melody. (laughs) It's a great song. Says hey now, uh, how are you? Good, busy. It's the day out. I can, you know what? Before <laughs> we even get into it, you are fucking busy. I can't open social media or a newspaper or anything without reading about you. And don't get me wrong, I love it. I couldn't be more proud. But you're everywhere. Ever since you revealed that you're the voice of TikTok. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been wild for sure. It's been wild, and I'll leave it at that for now. I suppose. Fair enough. We uh, it's a day after the election. And, and first and foremost, there wasn't a ton of surprises, but there were some. The biggest surprise is how low the voter turnout was. And I mean, I, I'm looking around at, at various markets here. Kitchener, Waterloo, sorry, just the, the, mar, uh, the city of Kitchener, 20% voter turnout, 20.26%. Wow. One in five wow. people cast a ballot. Yeah. 28% in Cambridge, 30% in Barrie. It was lower in the GTHA. It's crazy how few people went out to vote. So before we talk about some of the individual races and what happened yesterday, let's talk about the voting system. I asked people this morning on our FM radio show, 91.5 The Beat, our FM morning radio show, why didn't you vote? It's amazing to me. How many people did not know there was an election happening yeah, yesterday? And yeah. I thought, that's insanity. There's no way you didn't know there was an election. So I asked one guy, walk me through this here. How could you not know there was an election? You would have got a voter card mailed to you. You you would have driven by signs every single day. There's been radio commercials as well, right? Some, yeah. Some. It, not heavy, but some. Yeah, it's... Uh, it depends if that particular area decided to pay for radio advertising and things like that. But he explained it to me that he didn't get a voter card this time around. Hmm. He doesn't know why. Oh. But he didn't get a voter card and he doesn't have cable. He listens to morning radio and then podcasts all day. For TV, he's got streaming. He doesn't have any actual news. He gets his news from the socials. And one thing he pointed out is that there's a. Uh, There's not a lot of places pointing out the date. You can drive down the street and see 101 signs for school trustee this, mayor that, counselor this. None of them said the date. He didn't know it was election day. Or if so, it was probably in the fine print of the the sign that nobody really pays that much attention to. Well, I I, I think that the candidates tend to leave the date off simply so they can reuse them if they run again in the future. However, I believe this guy when he said he didn't know. As crazy as it is to me that he didn't know there was an election happening, I could totally see how that would happen. I could see it too. I mean, I could see it too. Uh, There are those who did know and didn't go for numerous reasons. I mean, on a Monday... I think Mondays might be difficult. I'm not saying that there's a day of the week that's particularly better, but I do question, is there? Is there a better day of the week? And mm. also the way we do it, it's, it, it can be confusing because some people don't understand 
what the election was. Is this for the province? Is this for the country? There are actually people who truly didn't know what it was even for and thought, well, I don't know, so I'm not going to do it, right? Well, you know, Doug can talk all he wants about how bad the math scores were with the EQAO and talk about how he wants to beef up the curriculum. Maybe we should revisit the civics classes, too. Maybe it's time to make that mandatory so that people understand the basic functions of government. Municipal elections affect anybody who lives somewhere. And, and maybe- Anywhere you live... <laughs> The municipal government has a lot of control over that. And and see, and I'm more at this point wondering if it's too late for that. I don't know if that's the right thing to do or do we change the way that we do things here? And I know you've mentioned this before, and I think it makes a lot more sense to have us go one time. That's how they do it in the States, right? It's just like a one-time election for everything. Basically. So my proposal is this. If we want to get voter turnout up and it'll never be a hundred percent even if we made it the law you're you're breaking the law if you don't vote even that's not going to get us to a hundred percent our best chance at getting an active engaged electorate is very simple we share resources we share synergies the government when it's provincial or federal spends a ton of money promoting the election they pay their scrutineers and and the people who run the polling centers and so on and so forth all the infrastructure is there so rather than screwing around with this mickey mouse municipal election stuff fixed election dates every four years you only have to go every four years, but you're voting for everything at once. Everything from school trustee to prime minister is on the ballot every four years when we vote. They do have a very similar system in America. Uh, they have elections every two years. So every two years, you vote for somebody. President serves a four-year term. Congress people serve a, a four-year term. And, and, and it's alternating years that you vote. Mm -hmm. So whether it's your, your local county sheriff or your district attorney or your governor or president, you vote once. And it's only every two years. We don't have to have a municipal election now when we had a federal election last summer and a provincial election just happened in June. People are a little voted out. And frankly, they don't really understand what the issues are. If I put 10 people in a room and said, tell me the most important thing that the municipal government does. There are some people who would say health care. There are some people who would say uh, education. That's a provincial thing. There are some people that would talk about your uh, income taxes. No, that's mainly federal, although somewhat provincial. You want to talk about property taxes? Oh, well, that's your local government. These people have a lot of say and a lot of shit that goes on. Mm -hmm. Think back to COVID and the lockdowns. A lot of those were enforced at a local level by your local mayors and councillors and regional councillors. We should have a vested interest in this. And I'm, I'm really surprised that one in five to one in three people voted yesterday. But if we did it all on one date... People will go because they'll feel passionately about something. And if it's healthcare, right. the environment, education, if that's the issue that brings them out, great. But then all of their choices are there and they can vote for a person in every single category. It might be a three or four page ballot, mm -hmm. but you'd only have to do it every four years. We flirted with online voting this time. I thought that was amazing progress. God, I hope we keep doing that. But even with the ability to vote online in many cities, 
a lot of people still didn't vote. Was it broken down by age yet or are we getting those kind of closer? Like, did they ever really let us know? It's hard to tell because, I mean, the voter cards go out and, and the people at the city or the region that sends out the ballots for the, those local elections, they have a rough idea of who lives where, but it's never going to be exact. So I don't know that they're going to release that key demo info. I'm going to speculate a guess that it was a lot more old people than young people voting. Well, and this is another issue too, is I think like we, we've, we're supposed to be evolving. We're constantly supposed to be evolving. And I think that voting is one of those ways. The online part, I agree with you, but it wasn't available everywhere. And how aware were the, the younger voters? I would love to know. Like under the age of 25, for example, how many people voted there? Um, you have to peak interest early, you know, otherwise they're going to turn into the adults that don't vote either. We really. And, I, and oh. by the way, sorry, I just want to preface all that by saying that I do believe it's your right. It is your right to vote. I do not believe we should live in a, in a world where you absolutely have to vote for something right now or it's illegal not to. I don't believe in that at all. But some incentives would be nice. Some education is important. And I think to try to get the young people, younger people involved is important because if you're not interested up to age 25, you're sure as shit not going to be interested past age 25. And that's where you have those low numbers and those problems. Well, I'd really like to see some reforms. So here's the proposal that would actually make things a lot better. If we can't get all three levels of government to have elections on the same date, we could at least get two. If you had provincial elections and municipal elections on the same date, that would accomplish it. Let Elections Ontario take it over. Because one of the things that I found as a news person is... It was really hard to get results. If it's a provincial or federal election, you can just go to elections.ca, for example, and you can get real-time results from any riding around you. Yesterday was bullshit. If I wanted to know who the new mayor of Kitchener was, I had to go to the city of Kitchener website to find out. If I wanted to know who was winning in Hamilton, I had to go to the city of Hamilton website. There wasn't a single one place or a single system that everybody used so that the media could aggregate all that info into one spot. It was very difficult to follow along, even in the lead up to it. You'd be hard-pressed to find anybody who knows what the hot issues were in any given city. Those who are engaged are engaged, but the vast majority are not, and you don't engage them unless you give them something to discuss. And there was nothing to discuss. There wasn't a lot of hype leading up to it. There wasn't any key issues that seemed to have people real inspired. So we're going to have to partner up municipal elections with provincial or federal or both and let one body run it, all the results, in a central spot so everybody can follow along. It was silly the way we did it. It seems like we just sort of did it because we had to do it, but nobody really cared that it was being done. Should they come to you, by the way? This is a fun idea. Hear me out here. They come to your community and you cast your ballot there like an ice cream truck, though. It's like fun. Like there's like, here's your ice cream. Here's your voter card. Fill it out. We're coming right to your house. You want a little soft serve with me, your ballot? You know, give me something. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Uh, okay. So as for some of the winners, we had uh, John Tory winning a third term as mayor of Toronto. I don't know if you guys like John Tory or not. I do like John. I've done many functions with him and we've sat down and had some really good chats over the years. Uh, one thing I will say about John is to get reelected for a third term. And it's a landslide victory. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. That's impressive. That's a huge endorsement, even though the endorsement only came from about 25% of the population. Bonnie Crombie, easily reelected in Mississauga. Patrick Brown won in Brampton. I'm happy about that, too. I think Pat's a, a great mayor. He's the target of a lot of people for some reason, and I don't fully understand why. But he got reelected, and it was a pretty decisive victory. 
Is um, is municipal politics basically turning into the retirement home of provincial politics? Like when you just when you've gone as far as you can go at the provincial level, like Andrea Horvath and Stephen Del Duca, both of them turning to run for mayor of the respective cities that they live in. I don't know if that was a smart thing or not, but I will point out here when you're a politician and you find yourself having just lost an election like Andrea Horvath and Stephen Del Duca did back in June when they lost to Doug Ford. They made that decision to run for mayor because they really care about their community or because there's very few jobs that pay at least $180,000 a year and come with an expense account and an office and yada, yada, yada that you really need no qualifications for. I don't know what Andrea Horvath and Stephen Del Duca are qualified to do in life, but politicians seems to be what works for them. And when they couldn't win at the provincial level, they went down to the municipal. Now they've arguably got an even easier gig for more money. Good on them. It was very close in both races. Andrea Horvath, the first woman mayor of Hamilton. Oh, that's good. Stephen Del Duca barely won, but he did win. In Vaughn, he's the new <laughs> the new mayor. Uh, I'm just skimming through some of the other results here. There weren't really a ton of surprises. I can't think of any upsets that happened last night, which is going to further fan the flames of boredom here, Cad. We've got to change the system, everybody. Merge it up, Doug. Premier Ford. When you get done with that inquiry, <laughs> let's merge the system. Actually, this is a good time to reform the whole thing. Maybe the prime minister will look at these results in Ontario and say, yeah, you know what? We promised you guys in 2015 electoral reform. We've got to get rid of the first past the post system that we currently use. Now, what the new system would look like, we can debate that, but we've got to change. And if we went to fixed election dates and you vote for everything all at once, I think that would make things a lot better. Mm -hmm. We mentioned Doug Ford. Remember when Doug came out and you and I had a great discussion about it over two days? I was shocked that the inquiry into the federal use of the Emergencies Act didn't request Doug Ford come and testify. How could the premier of the province that this happened in, who was shoulder to shoulder with Justin Trudeau, not be called to testify? You can't tell me he had nothing to add to the conversation. Well, yesterday got interesting because as it turns out, they did ask. They did ask for Doug Ford and then Solicitor General Sylvia Jones, now the health minister, to come and testify. They declined. So now they've sent a summons. We want your butts on the stand here. You're going to come and you're going to tell us what you knew and what you know about how all this went down. We'd like to know if you were privy to any intelligence information. Were you guys uh, following any operational matters with the OPP? Were you coordinating with the prime minister's office? These are all relevant questions. Now they might assert parliamentary privilege into mm. this, which basically allows them to get off scot-free and they don't have to say anything. My question is, why? You guys didn't do it. The feds did it. Why wouldn't you go and testify? Is Doug trying to possibly defend the prime minister because he knows this isn't going their way? Is he worried that he's going to implicate members of his own government? Is he worried he's going to implicate himself? Or does he just have better things to do? I'd kind of like to know why Doug doesn't want to testify. Because when someone says, yeah, we were asked to and we said no. And then they summons you and you go out of your way to find a way to get out of that. That seems like you've got something to hide. And I'm not saying the premier does. 
But it's a weird thing that he doesn't want to go and testify in front of this inquiry. What's going to come out of that? We've already seen the way it's going. Could Doug add to the conversation? You're goddamn right he can. We know he's got information on what went down. He may have been snowmobiling at the week at the time of the dispersal of the protest, but he was certainly in the loop on this. And so was our Solicitor General. There would have been legalities to all of this stuff, and I'm sure the Solicitor General was consulted every step of the way. We'd like to know more. By the way, the interim chief of police in Ottawa, Mark Bell, sorry, Steve Bell, was testifying yesterday. And and it was actually a really weird testimony. He said that leading up to the convoy, he found them to be extremely lawful. He watched them gathering support across the country as they got closer and closer to Ottawa. Maybe you recall there were people standing on bridges, waving flags, cheering the truckers on. That happened at every exit heading towards Ottawa. But then he said when they got there, everything changed and they became violent. And I'm trying to understand what he meant by that. What do you mean violent? I didn't hear of any violence during this protest. And hopefully he gets called out on that today and he clarifies what he meant because I'm really not sure. But either way, the premier has been summoned to testify and he's going to try and get out of doing that. What else can we tell you today? Well, it is Tuesday. It is a day when we have to start thinking about what comes next. And what comes next is Halloween. Halloween, less than a week away now. Yeah, it's uh, it was a good story that we had this morning on our radio show. And it's going to be on our FM radio show tonight as well on Fresh 93.1. Woman wanted to dress as a dead Playboy bunny for Halloween. (laughs) Why can't it just be Playboy Bunny? Why is it always got to be dead? It's just a Halloween thing, I guess. Yeah, I, I, maybe it makes you feel more Halloween-y and less Playboy-y if it's a dead Playboy right, Bunny. Right, right, right. I'm right, not right, quite right, sure right. how these things work. Was yet. the bunny run over like it had by a transport truck? Or Are like... you suggesting roadkill Playboy oh, yeah. Bunny? I'm just saying next year, <laughs> think about it, tire mark right up the front. That would be great. W- w- what about uh, Bunny couldn't get out of the backyard and the dog was back there, Playboy oh, Bunny? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah there's yeah, a lot yeah. of different... Lots of, lots of options. Y- you can make it as morbid <laughs> as you want. But anyway, so this girl picked out a, a basically a Playboy bunny costume, snapped a picture of herself and sent it to her boyfriend like, hey, what do you think? Boyfriend didn't like it. He said, you can see your whole ass in that. No, get your girlfriend to loan you some leggings. Cover up those tights. This is way, way, way too much. She basically said, fuck you and went to the club anyway. And she's wondering If that was appropriate, she's wondering if her boyfriend had any right to weigh in and say, nah, that's not appropriate for going out in, especially when I'm not there. Is there anything to that? Because the vibe I get is very controlling. If he wants to try and tell her what to wear, that seems controlling Mm -hmm. to me. And I, I, I don't know of many scenarios when that might be okay. But they are in a relationship. Is there anything to uh, maybe this should be a joint decision if you're going to go out wearing something very sexy that you would not wear any other night of the year. You wouldn't wear it to a professional setting. You wouldn't wear it to work. You wouldn't wear it if you were going over to your girlfriend's place for coffee. Why is it okay to go out dressed like that on Halloween? A lot of different questions up in the air. Sure. I think that it's a, it's an interesting one because, yes, I've heard it happen before, like even to my own girlfriends and, oh, he said he doesn't want me to wear this or whatever. Usually that's the way that it that it will go. Um, there are others who don't care. But my, my question would probably be for the guy, is this really out of character for her? 
And by that, I mean, like, if she's a confident person that does go out, maybe that's where you met. Like, I don't know anything about this particular relationship we're talking about, but let's just use this as an example. If he met her out, you know, at a club and she he liked what he saw, right? When she was she was sporting some cleavage, if you will, or whatever, then, you know, this is just her personality and, and her as an individual. I don't think it should come as a shock to a lot of people if that's what ends up happening is, hey, I'm going to dress like a Playboy bunny for Halloween. Especially if it's someone who really, if it throws you off, then that's something. But I don't think that would be the case here. Um, is he absolutely right that you're kind of asking for trouble sometimes when you enter that club atmosphere wearing that sure the one thing is you're not the only one you're not going to be the only one dressed like that it's happened for years and years and years and it'll happen for many more years right it's like those those costumes they just happen it's a sexy something whatever it might be so that happens they know that if it really makes them uncomfortable which it obviously did you know it's that's a discussion that needs to be made because you're not supposed to be controlling your partner's outfits, controlling a lot about your partner, including your partner's outfits. But that said, I hope that she takes into, into account his feelings and it's got to be a mutual thing. Also, I mean, I have many questions. Like I said, the context of this relationship is important. They, did they just start dating? Where did they meet? Is she, a, you know, uh, a, 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 working at a library by day and all of a sudden she's half naked at a club? Whoa, I could see how that might throw you off. Probably like just part of who she is that she wanted to dress up and have fun with her girlfriends. Yes, I understand that there's a lot of people would believe this is a jealousy thing, but I think there's a lot more to it just being a jealousy thing. I really do. I think that it's he, he's obviously he could actually be scared for her safety there's a many different reasons but I think that again that's why I go back to context is key you know what club are you going to um how did you meet does he seem like a controlling type or is he just really a little worried about you is he just a little jealous I mean there's lots of different reasons why you would make those comments hmm I I don't know if she intentionally did it but some gas got poured on the fire when she got to the club so she went dressed the way she was dressed and I haven't actually seen the costume, so I'm not going to comment on well, that. Well, it's a Playboy bunny. I think we can all picture what that looks yeah, like. Yeah, butt cheeks just, out, right? Just with blood on it. <laughs> like an <laughs> eyeball hanging out. Tire I don't know. Yeah, it depends on what route she went there. In any case, um, she met a guy at the club, and he was wearing an egg costume. He dressed as an egg. Oh, very, good for you. very good creative. For you. Great job. That's egg very, fart. very Halloween y. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> So he dressed like an egg, and the girl went up to him and said, Hey, that's an awesome costume. Can I borrow it for a sec? So the guy took off the egg costume and let her put it on over her bunny costume. She snapped a picture of herself in the egg. She sent that picture to her boyfriend. And keep in mind, the boyfriend has already had it out with her. I don't think you should be wearing that. I'm not there with you, even though I wanted to be there with you. But you want to have a girl's night, so that's fine. You're out there on your own. She snaps him a picture and tells him the story. I met a guy here, and I asked him if I could put on my costume. Are you happy now? No butt, no boobs. Everything's covered. He just went off to another level of angry, and I'm pretty sure they will not talk to each other anymore. Okay. Did that make things worse? Like, I think she was trying to be cute. Like, look, I covered up. Are you happy? No, I don't think. Or it, was she being I an antagonist? I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, obviously, and this is why maybe conversations should have been had anyway, depending on the, the, the status of this relationship. How long have you been dating this person? She, she might not have even cared that much and, and kind of secretly was like, you know what? I don't care. If you want to dump me for this, dump me for this. But I'm doing me. I'm dressing up this way. 
when you obviously she'd been thinking about it that whole night why else would she go oh this guy can i borrow your costume so i can send this it was obviously on her mind so she either wanted to do it out of spite or she wanted to do it because it was actually bothering her and if it's bothering you you should absolutely have a conversation with someone about it don't just leave it at well i'm going to the club and buy because then it was on her mind nonstop, clearly and that's evidence to that kanye's pretty well done right oh boy Oh, boy. Like, so, he was a billionaire, and there's no way he is, especially after Adidas dropped him. I mean, the Yeezy money was huge. And that is the breaking news from this morning, and there was so much. Um, it's updated by the day, it seems, but the latest is that Adidas has cut ties with um, all any and all Kanye's brands. And, of course, the biggest one was uh, the Yeezy brand. They halted production immediately, and money is not going into his pockets from Adidas, and they made that perfectly clear this morning. Uh, previous to that, Balenciaga, Balenciaga also cut ties with him. That was yesterday. His lawyer that was set to represent him, Camille Vasquez, who, by the way, I think it was just like a week ago that it was an, that it was announced or made public that he had hired her, uh, allegedly, this one's still allegedly, um, re- told her firm, I refuse to represent him. It's not happening. Whether the firm sticks with him or not is a question mark at this point as we do the podcast. Then there's uh, his bank, which we knew about a while ago, that has apparently said, you find somewhere else to bank because it ain't here. Was that an endorsement thing or was that actually his bank? Like, Oh, that was where he... Did they say, like, come get your money and fuck off? Yeah, they gave him until November 1st, if I'm not mistaken. You can find the article, but they gave him apparently until, like, the 1st or the 15th of the month, whatever it was, to, to find to find another place to bank. Yeah. I and mean, you know it's bad when someone's saying, I don't want to take your money anymore. Yeah, right. because people love money, especially banks. Sure. The bank one was a, was actually more shocking than Adidas to me because Adidas, I, I fully, I mean, I understand. Balenciaga, I fully understand. Um, and, and the other part that's coming out of this is in his personal life, right? A lot of people were getting angry at Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian um, did not speak on this in particular up until recently, but there were a lot of people calling for her to be like, denounce what he's saying. Like, say that it's not okay. She was actually the only one in the Kardashian family that actually issued a t- slight statement on Twitter about it, saying that she's against it. You can read up on that if you want. Um, and then the rest of the family kind of posted, like, I stand with the Jewish people or something like that. Very generic, uh, just so everyone's clear. Um, but I, I, for him, I don't know if it's going to make a huge difference because it seems like he's, he's standing with what he said. So I'm curious to see what happens next. That right there, what you just said, is part of the problem. Anytime one of these issues come up, somebody posts something like, I stand with my Jewish friends. And then there's certain people that almost take a tally on who did share that and who didn't. And if you didn't share the, Mm -hmm. I stand with the Jewish people, then you must be anti-Semitic. Nothing could be further from the truth. It just seems very much like a platitude or an empty gesture to do that unless you truly are part of the solution. Just putting it up so you seem woke or it seems like you're being sympathetic without actually knowing much about the issue, it's really an empty gesture. Yeah. And, and people see through that. That's similar to what Jerry Seinfeld's wife was talking about yeah, yesterday. Yeah, Jessica Seinfeld um, actually posted herself. She posted the exact same thing Khloe Kardashian posted and said, or if you don't know what else to say, just post this. And I'm paraphrasing. I'm not sure the exact comment that she made. Something along those lines. And it did remind me of, you know, the movement that's, that we've had in the past that hopefully have had impact in a positive way on people. Um, kind of like when everyone was supposed to black out their profile photo to show that they stand for this or, or do this to show that they stand for that or, oh, you don't stand with Ukraine unless you do that and all of those things. And it's just so important to note on this or anything else, 
the key is listening. It's not posting on your social media. It's taking the time to listen and, and have some respect for what you're, what you're learning. And maybe that's what it'll take for some people. Yeah. I don't usually do those things, but also I did take it to heart. And it started with Black Lives Matter when they said it's time to listen. I thought, okay, yeah, shit, I'm totally here for that. I can listen. Uh, there's probably a ton that I could learn by just listening. Weighing in on it, that's not really my place to weigh in on it. So that's a good point. I'm glad that she said that. Finally, let's get into the food department here. Maybe you're listening to this, trying to figure out what to make for dinner. I went through that tonight. And just so you know, if you guys are ever not sure what you want to have for dinner, Cat will be no help whatsoever to you. I'm never helpful. She has I say no this, I say the same thing over productive and over. <laughs> information to add. She has no creative ideas that'll spark something in you. It's just going to be a, I don't fucking know. Hmm. Chicken? <laughs> have chicken. I don't know. What did you have for dinner last night? I didn't. I had uh, I had soup last night. I made fajitas last night, and they were goddamn oh, delicious. It was so good. But we're going to talk steak here. Beyond Meat is playing their games again. Mm-hmm. They're going to try and fool Playing their games. They're going to fool you once again. <laughs> Actually, I'm not shitting on Beyond Meat because I do quite like some of their products. It's not great, right. but it's good enough that I could think, all right, I could do sure. this and feel good about They're myself. They're a game changer in the industry. Absolutely. Now... On sale at 5,000 participating grocery stores across America and soon to be rolled out nationwide and throughout North America. Fake steak. The Beyond Meat Steak. I don't understand what you're saying. How does that work exactly? What is it? What is it made of? Is that fair to ask? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> but I'm know, just wondering, just because of the texture, right? When you think steak, like automatically for me, how do you emulate the texture of steak? I can understand maybe emulating the seasonings and the, the taste of, of steak in different ways, but the texture is kind of the big thing for some people, isn't it? They say Beyond Steak is coming to Kroger, Walmart, and other grocery stores this week. It is, uh, let me see here. I'm going to try and get you the rough ingredients. It come pa- comes packaged in bite-sized pieces. Oh, they don't want you cutting it with a fork and a knife. Interesting. Okay, continue. Uses faba bean protein as okay. its base and contains 21 grams of protein per serving. 21 grams per serving Wow, of that's protein. high. Yeah. According to the company, it also has lower saturated fat content than beef steak and contains zero cholesterol. The 10-ounce package... Retails for seven ninety nine. Okay, all right. Ten so ounce steak for seven nine. Well, sorry, ten ounce fake steak for seven ninety nine. Maybe I mean if it tastes good and it has some, it's not as bad for you as regular steak. I don't know. Is that still part of the red meat family though? Is that something my doctor's going to say? Oh, you take it easy only once a week at your yeah, age. Yeah, sure. I mean, for some people, that's going to work really well um, as a substitute. I I find that the most interesting part though, because when I, you say steak, I picture a steak. I picture me cutting into a steak, and that's not the case here. It's like steak bites almost, which is not fine. I mean, I'm not knocking it. You can't knock it until you try it. But it's interesting because they can't, again, I go back to the texture thing. It's because I don't think they can emulate the texture of a steak. And when you cut with a fork and a knife, you're going to know that difference. Okay, but all steaks have a different texture. All cuts of steak. Different cuts of steaks can, yes. So one of the things that I'll point out here, and good on Beyond Meat, when you launch a new product, especially something like this, You've got to do a lot of market research and find out how the the public is going to perceive it and what the public likes. And then you can really try and thread the needle and get something good that super serves everybody. So they did a big study on steaks. 
Some of this I found surprising. The five, top five favorite cuts of steak are ribeye, filet mignon, T-bone, New York strip, and porterhouse. Hmm. I like a rib steak. That, to me, is my favorite one. Ribeye, very, very close. You're a flank steak girl. Yeah. Look, I, I just don't like wasting food. And for me, I don't like anything but bone, bone in. Like, none of them. I, I, I hate all of them. I don't like fat. I don't like gristle. All that shit's out for me. So I'd rather get something that I know that I'll eat most of. So that's usually flank. That's my go-to. And I marinate it just right. And my husband grills it just perfectly. Puts it on the barbecue just perfectly the way I like it. It's good. You've got to be really patient to cook a flank steak. I mean, that's an all-day endeavor if you want to truly do it the way the book says to do it and marinate it properly for the right well, amount of time. Well, marinating is key. Absolutely. People are very passionate about how they like their steak cooked. Me, I'm a medium rare person. Mm-hmm. Like medium rare, but I also don't want it raw. 8% of people do. 8% like their steak blue rare. Mm-hmm. Blue rare is really rare. Oh, that's yeah. like hold a lighter under it for a few seconds and say your steak's ready. Yeah. That's that's barely cooked. I remember working in a restaurant and that was what we still that's what we called still mooing. In the, at the restaurant, like, oh, they want it still moving, just so you know. So keep an eye on it. If a Gotta person, be quick. If a person comes in and says, I want it blue, do you ever question it as a server no. and say, like, oh, no. are you sure? Like, you know, the plate's going to be red and there's going to be a lot of blood. You're okay with that? Oh, no. I mean, people should know what they're ordering. You, 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 don't, you can't get judgy. It's an option. And if that's what the option they want, then go for it. I mean, I personally don't like blood all over my grilled vegetables on the side, but to each their own. 35%, this was the, f- the most common answer, said they like a medium rare steak. Next up, medium well. Then medium. 14% like their steak, well done. Okay. That's, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's too much for me. I, that's too much for me. I like, I'm a medium rare person, but hey, that's to each their own. Well done is, um, okay, there's a fine line. Uh, and people who like well done steak, I'm sure, have their preferences and even their reasons for why they like it well done. Mm-hmm. But there's a real fine line between cooking it to well done and burning it. And if you are not experienced in the kitchen, it's sure. real easy to go from one to the other instantly. Uh, the number one way we like our steak cooked is on the grill. In a pan is second. So I'd always been a grilled steak person, but watched enough cooking shows lately to think I really should consider going to the pan. The pan really seems like the most effective way to get it done to the proper temperature. So I'm going to try that soon. Yeah, it's it's actually, it's not bad. I actually got into the pan thing with the um, pre-ordered meals, right? Like the HelloFresh and whatnot. They have that. So that's how I learned how to do it. And it's actually quite easy, quite clean. If the weather isn't quite right for you to go outside and put those on the grill, it's a good option. Okay. Anything on your steak or do you want just steak? Could you put it like a sauce or a seasoning? I don't, but that's, but it's marinated right. As long as it's marinated right, I need nothing. Okay. A lot of people do. 40% say the favorite topping on a steak is A1 sauce. Okay. I got uh, A1. No. If you're going to put steak sauce on, I would think you're going to go HP or you're going to do something a little more custom. Like maybe if the keg had a steak sauce, I might consider putting that on there. But it's got to be something reputable. A1 just seems like trash. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know. It just seem I, good. I couldn't even tell you the difference between all the sauces. Are they really that different? I assume so. They all have a distinctive recipe, right? taste. Yeah. Right, right, right. 13% put barbecue sauce on their steak. 
barbecue sauce. If it's a really bad steak, or I'm not going to eat it as a <laughs> steak, to I'm going to salvage gonna, it. Yeah, if I'm going to, or in a stir fry or something, I could see that people chop up the steak. Bingo, or for right. a fajita right. or something like okay. that. Then I might go barbecue. But if I'm just going to make a steak. We're not pulling out the fucking bullseye barbecue shit or the Dianas or anything like that. No, we're just going to eat the steak. Mm-hmm. 5% like ketchup on it. And that's a weird one for me to accept. Oh, ketchup people are, are something something else. Ketchup people are, are ketchup people through and through. It's amazing, by the way, with that in mind, 5% like their steak with ketchup on it. For those in a relationship... 42% say they would judge, not necessarily break up with, but judge someone that put ketchup on their steak if mm. they were on a date. That's wow. a weird thing to do on a first date. Like if you know that you've got that per, that affliction where you like ketchup on a steak, maybe you want to keep that one under the rug a little bit for the first couple of dates. Maybe don't tell anybody that. What's next? Whoa, you put steak no. ketchup on your steak? Well, what else? What other kind of no, maniac things do you do? I disagree. Just do it. Just do what you do, and especially when it comes to the date. Why are people so afraid of that? If that's what you like and that's what you do, why should you be afraid? If someone's going to dump you over it, bye. Maybe you own it. That's what I mean. Like, just do be you. Who cares? Why do you got to hide the way you like things? It's like not a deal breaker. It's the way you like it. You're a person with opinions and thoughts and your own taste buds. What goes in your mouth is usually your own business. What if we did this? What if steak comes to the table and you know you're a ketchup on the steak kind of person and you don't know what the other person's like? You make eye contact, but don't say a word. Mm-hmm. Just constantly maintaining eye contact. And when the server says, okay, can I get you anything else? Would you like some fresh pepper? Again, maintaining eye contact with your date. Could you bring some ketchup, please? Don't take your eyes off of them. Make then you it get the really real reaction. fucking weird. <laughs> and then when the waiter, who's also going to judge you, by the way, waiter or waitress will, when they come and set that bottle of ketchup down, again, don't break eye contact fumble around till you find the ketchup you pour a lot of it on the steak and just watch to see what they do they'll say something and if they don't get up and leave the table put a ring on it there you go (laughs) they should not judge you have yourselves a fantastic tuesday everybody we'll see you tomorrow with another episode of after nine bye Scientists in Japan have gotten closer to finding a cure for baldness after they were able to grow hair follicles in a lab well, they actually grew them just outside the lab, then they combed them over into the lab. <laughs> the World Series matchup is set with the Houston Astros taking on the Philadelphia Phillies. Of course, the fans from Philadelphia are super pumped. Let's go! A lot of people have videos of the moment they got married, but very few have a video of the moment their marriage fell apart. You know what I'm saying? The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. 
<laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.